Welcome to the Mellow Mama podcast, where I talk all things conscious living and conscious respectful parenting with the help of lots of great books, resources, and of course, my own experience as a mom in order to give you the tool set yourselves to have great relationships that are enriching, fulfilling, full of authenticity, presence, and connection with not only your children, but also yourselves. And today I wanna clarify what conscious respectful parenting is and isn't because although it can seem so commonsensical to practice a more conscious aware respectful approach when raising our children when looking back at our own inner child childhood adolescent experience and observing the way we relate to all people our spouses our family members the people that we love in our life in general There are still many, many, many people that have a lot of fear-based conditioning and thinking around what relationship dynamics should look like, especially the parent-child relationship. And that leads to a lot of misconceptions around this particular concept, the respectful conscious parenting concept. So I want to create some clarity here. I want to basically take a great look at what it is and what it is not so that you can have a better understanding and move forward even more confidently with whatever practice you decide to implement into your everyday living with, again, yourself, but especially your kids. Now, I think the best way to start this conversation is to first take a look at the mainstream methodology for raising children that's most common today all over the world. What's typically presented is a sort of four-option system for parents. Like, here are your four options. Good luck, you know. Hopefully you choose the ideal one. Also, my baby's here. She's nursing. So you might hear some, like, coos and stuff like that. But let me break it down. It's important to understand, before identifying the four most commonly presented options for parenting, that all of them really are rooted in behaviorism. And if you're unfamiliar with behaviorism, it's simply a system in which we reward the behavior that we want to see continue and punish the behavior that we wish to see cease. And this was not developed for people necessarily. It was actually developed as a way to study behavior. That's why it's called behaviorism. Um, But in rodents, not in people, especially not in children. That being said, though, this over time did in fact become the most commonplace practice and methodology for raising children. And it is, to this day, what I would consider to be mainstream parenting worldwide. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people that advocate for behaviorism, that are familiar with the concept, familiar with its origin and its intentions for, again, rats, not human people, even look, it's justifiable today because we've moved away from the more extreme punitive measures. They've sort of been able to identify things that sound warm and fuzzy on the behaviorist, let's call it a scale, and the things that sound overtly negative or detrimental, harmful to children or any person. They've really gotten good at using terminology like positive reinforcement, which to me is a sugar-coated way of saying manipulation of the behavior utilizing a reward or some sort of tactic to get the child to do something that we want them to do or to be a certain way that we want them to be. The argument of somebody like me proposing a different option than the four that I'm going to present in a second here is that children are absolutely, regardless of somebody's perspective of how rational they are or how how 
cooperative they can potentially be, right? A lot of people view, especially the infant phase, as like the potato phase. They're not really here with us. But my my perspective is the complete opposite, that children absolutely just simply need our guidance, our mentorship, our presence, our availability. They need to see us live life, right? They need to learn through our being. But they absolutely are conscious. They're, they're aware beings. They are whole people worthy of our respect. Um, and, and although it might seem kind of foo-foo and it might seem a little sensitive, using any sort of external motivator to get our children to do something that they otherwise wouldn't do or don't have a desire to do or an interest in doing, or especially being, is potentially unethical. And I say potentially when I really mean it it is unethical. It's definitely not a conscious uh, way of doing anything to try to manipulate the being and existence of another human life, another person. However, very common practice. And that's why it's interesting to get a better grip and understanding of where, where what people do, what's considered commonplace in terms of raising children, why, where it comes from and why we do it, why we just sort of blindly accept it. I get so much commentary from people saying, oh my gosh, it is so hard to be a mom today because you just have to consider every little thing. Everything's going to mess up your kids. And it's absolutely... In my opinion, I think that's like not a helpful outlook. It's not a helpful mindset to have when it comes to the gift of being parents, the, the opportunity to grow in parenthood and grow into relationship with your children, which I don't know why that sounds so like weird, but you know what I mean if you've been here a while, right? Like why, why do we want to have this sort of like lackadaisical approach to something so important, to something so valuable as our children's life and life experience? We don't need to feel like, gosh, everything I do is going to mess them up. I got to question everything. Well, it's important to ask questions. It's important if you want to live a more conscious lifestyle, which I'm assuming you do if you're here listening to a podcast about conscious, respectful parenting and living. Um, if you want to live a more conscious lifestyle, you've got to ask questions. You've got to become a critical thinker. You've got to, unfortunately, and investigate the what and the why behind how you live your life, why you live your life a certain way, what decisions you make and why you make them, and how you think and feel about yourself and those decisions. Parenting is one of the biggest choices that, that we make and the choices that we make in the experience of being parents are important as well. So with all of that being said, now let's take a look at the four most commonly presented options for parents that do not include the conscious respectful approach. I'll start with the options that are perceivably the worst of the four. The, the two that you're like, oh, obviously that sounds wrong, right? That sounds like my kids might have a hard time, a hard life. We will not have um, a great relationship. So those two are the cold styles of parenting, either coldly authoritarian or coldly permissive. The labels make it pretty easy to understand what those are, but I'll go into further explanation in case that's helpful for you because it kind of is for me. So the coldly authoritarian parent, I sort of imagine as the dad from Sound of Music, you know, he's got a whistle for the kids. Um, They're very much objectified and also he knows what's best for them and he's going to demonstrate that 
not in necessarily the most loving, warm way, but in fact, in the complete opposite, cold, detached, emotionally unavailable way. And in fact, there's really not much of a relationship here whatsoever. It's again, well, not again, but I say again, because I feel like I cover this concept so often. It's an ownership dynamic, not a relationship dynamic. It's like, hey, you do as I say, you obey me and you respect me, but there's not mutual respect. It's more fear-based. Just people don't want to call it what it is. Like that parent might think, and it might look on the outside as if they are receiving quote-unquote respect, but notice if you've seen The Sound of Music, his kids don't like him. They don't regard his opinion as important. They don't really want his insight. In fact, his oldest daughter is like sneaking around doing what she wants to do anyway, even though she's like completely aware that the dad would be upset about it. Um, So there's not actual respect here. It's just the kids are afraid of you in this model. The next one is coldly permissive or coldly passive. And in this dynamic, there's not necessarily an element of fear or you need to respect me. It's actually just sheer neglect. Typically, I think that in this scenario, the parent is really somewhere else. They're not invested in the child's experience, in their well-being typically, and the child really has to rely on themselves primarily in order to have their needs met. And that's not just for, you know, basic survival needs, but also human connection and, and the need to be seen, heard, and understood. Typically, the coldly passive parent is like, hey, you do whatever you want, but it's sort of an unspoken arrangement. The parent is simply, again, not invested, not engaged, not present. So naturally, the child does whatever they want or does whatever they need to do, again, in order to have their needs met. And typically, that results in not such a good situation. That being said, the other two ways of parenting that are commonly advocated for and presented to parents, and this is from, you know, physicians, experts in child psychology, are the warmly authoritarian and the warmly permissive or passive parent. Unlike the coldly permissive or passive parent, the warmly passive parent is engaged. They're involved in the child's experience. They're interested in the child. In fact, to the point of wanting to be more of a friend as opposed to a sort of guide or mentor. If you've seen Mean Girls, the person that comes to mind anytime I think about the warmly passive parent is the mom in that movie where she's like, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom, whatever you guys need, you know? And like really trying to be one of the girls, be one of the kids. And although, you know, I absolutely advocate for the concept of being your child's friend, being in real relationship with them, this is sort of an unhealthy approach to that where we sort of put our children into unhealthy or unsafe circumstances because we are trying so hard to not be authoritarian, to not have this upper hand to in, in even a helpful, healthy way. So the warmly passive parent also, you know, I had a very dear friend whose mom would literally call the school and tell them, hey, you know, he's really sick today so that he could go like skateboard all day if it was a really beautiful day out. And they have a wonderful, wonderful relationship. 
However, you could see how this could potentially put her son in harm's way, you know, in terms of his furthered education, in terms of just his general well-being. It's not like she was present at the skate park, like who he was spending time with also outside of school and just, you know, living life, just chilling, which again, there are some beautiful aspects of that, but within a healthy range. So again, this is already sort of clarifying one big misconception about what I teach and advocate for, the conscious, respectful parenting approach, um, in which we absolutely have limits and boundaries, but I'll get to that later. For now, we'll finish up with the last of the four options for parenting today. And this is like the winner, winner, chicken dinner option. This is the one that I feel like, generally speaking, people think of. Hello, Romy. Um, as like the best option. When we think of like who's a good parent, this is the model we typically go off of. The warmly authoritarian parent is the, I know what's best for you. I'm going to throw out another reference. You might not know it. You might not get it, but full house dad or really any Disney channel mom. This is like I feel like they embody the warmly authoritarian. Might need to punish you from time to time. Might need to throw in some isolation, a little bit of shame, a little bit of guilt, but it's for your own good because I know what's best for you. The relationship is built on pleasing and impressing the parent, um, making sure that they are a good little boy or girl, and when they are not, mm, disappointment, okay? A lot of, Tommy said the other day, I'm not mad, I'm just sad. I'm just disappointed, you know, and that is absolutely, I feel like the vibe of the warmly authoritarian parent. And speaking of that, I think one of the most interesting but also devastating long-term results of warmly authoritarian parenting is the shame, the guilt, and the utter confusion in the adult person after being raised in this dynamic when it comes to assessing why they feel what they feel, think what they think, and do what they do. Oftentimes, they really don't know what the problem is. They think, well, I had a wonderful childhood. I, my, my parents are amazing. They're so sweet. I have like the most loving mom and dad I don't want to question my experience with them I don't want to say that you know maybe my experience with them resulted in me feeling anxious feeling depressed or unfulfilled maybe I do do things in a performative way like in order to receive connection and reassurance it's not from an intrinsic place I mean asking those kind of questions especially when you were raised in a quote-unquote warm environment is really challenging mostly because it's so normalized. For the longest time, there was not a fifth option. This is such new information. These are newer concepts that people are starting to talk about and discuss and advocate for. So without the option of a more respectful, conscious, aware approach, absolutely the best option is the warmly authoritarian one. But that moves me into the next point of this discussion, and that is asking the question, what do parents actually want from the parent-child relationship? What do they want for their children? What do they want for themselves in the short term as well as the long term? Because even the uncomfortable aspects of the warmly authoritarian parenting style that are you know, punitive, that lead to isolating our kids, shaming them, guilting them, manipulating their behavior with bribes and rewards or whatever, those seem justifiable when we get into the fear-based conditioning and thinking that surrounds parenting. So it's important to know and identify one, 
what you want as a parent for your children and for your relationship with your children, as well as the difference between that system, the, the ideal, warmly authoritarian system and approach and mindset, and the conscious, respectful approach. So let's start to clarify the difference. Conscious, respectful parenting is basically the complete opposite approach to any of those four typical presented options because we are not operating in the system of control with our children. We are not looking from a behaviorist mindset and perspective to basically condition our children, to mold and shape them, and to manipulate their behavior with rewards and punishments. We simply are looking at them from the perspective of they are a whole person from infancy, worthy of my respect and unconditional love. Unconditional meaning it's not wavering. It, it doesn't change based on the behavior. I don't get to give you disappointed, disapproving glances because you're not doing what I need you to do or saying things I want to hear or being who I want you to be. Um, I, I love you all the time. This is the message of the conscious objectivist respectful, whatever you want to call it, parent, they can't operate in the system of control and still call it one conscious. You can't own another person consciously. It doesn't make any sense. And two, you can't be in a system of control and even call it a relationship. A relationship is a two-way street. Both people having mutual needs being met and mutually respected and understood. You can absolutely get your children to do and be what you want them to do and be utilizing the warmly authoritarian behaviorist methodology, you know, manipulating them basically from infancy to do as you'd like them to do. And I like more of that. Yes, good job. You're a good little girl. I'm going to give you extra loving for being a certain way. But you cannot foster authentic relationship that way. And you definitely can't foster a foundation of authentic joy, intrinsic self-esteem and confidence in that system. So that moves me to the next question I asked, which is, what do you want as a parent? When people say to me, conscious parenting doesn't work or respectful parenting doesn't work, my response and question back to them is, well, what are you trying to get it to do? What are What is your objective as a parent? And typically, they're like, well, I just want my children to listen and respect me, do as I say, right? And it goes right into the track of obedience of this system and dynamic of control, ownership, and authority. And if your goal is to own your kids, to control them, make sure they're quiet, afraid of you, never make mistakes or have bad days or bad moods, respect quote-unquote you, kind of like I mentioned about the Von Trapp guy from Sound of Music, it's a big facade, but if that's what you want, you know, listen to you, respond immediately, obey uh, as long as you're also watching closely back to the sound of music, right? She's she's definitely obedient, knew when to turn it off and turn it on. Then parenting consciously, of course, does not make any sense. Of course, it doesn't work because you don't understand what it is and what its objective is. That being said, I'll talk from my own personal experience as a parent and my own, I guess, personal wishes and desires as a parent you know, if you want your kids to genuinely consider your needs, 
and your perspective over time to sincerely mean it when they say or do sweet things, when they demonstrate great manners and compassion, to have real self-esteem and confidence for life as well as great problem-solving skills and autonomy, critical thinking ability, and to not necessarily need you but to want you in their life, yes, parenting consciously will absolutely work and be the solution for you. However, in order to practice it, in order to implement it, you have to understand what it isn't, and that is all of those four things in the four system options of parenting, right? We're not going about parenting in a super mushy-gushy warm way that doesn't elicit any sort of leadership or mentorship to our children, any sort of reasonable guidance, limits, and boundaries. This is not passive parenting. And that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions around this methodology for child rearing. That being said, though, the limits, boundaries, and general interactions sound and look different because they're a lot more calculated. One of the most common analogies used for the conscious, respectful parenting approach is comparing yourself to someone who is a quadriplegic they can no longer serve themselves they can't you can't change yourself you can't use the restroom on your own you can't feed yourself nor can you communicate your needs in general we're going to strip it down to the bare minimum of you know basic human autonomy and say okay if you were in that circumstance how would you like to be talked to how would you like to be picked up or put down? How would you like to be changed? How would you like to be interacted with? And would you want your perspective to still be considered valuable, important, and considerable? Conscious respectful parenting isn't operating on either of these extreme ends of the control spectrum. It's not, oh, we don't control our children, they walk all over us, or we know we are the boss, our children know we're the boss, and we absolutely have the upper hand and we control their everyday experience. It's, it's neither of those. It's simply consideration of the other as a whole person from day one. So the in-between, I guess you could call it, is really just that, authentic, real relationship, like you would have with any other person that you really love, adore, and value and respect. How would you treat a spouse that you just genuinely, again, adore, respect, and value? Of course, our children need us to guide them, need us to mentor them, to model life for them. But that does not mean that we need to use punitive measures or manipulative measures to do those things. Our children learn from our being not from our teaching them. <laughs> they learn from watching us. And of course, our children need us, especially in terms of you know them having an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex and being emotionally dysregulated much easier than us as adult people. But interestingly enough, I think it's so funny that people are so riled up by children having a hard time, having you know a bad experience, being in a bad mood, being grumpy, when we adults also have those exact experiences almost daily. Conscious, respectful parenting is recognizing things like that, understanding the perspective of the other, regardless of their age, their size, their development, their life experience, is being a conscious parent. And believe it or not, considering the perspective of the other, in this case your child at any age, 
is actually easier than the power struggle that comes with the authoritarian style of parenting, with the behaviorist way of raising kids. It's actually much more simple to understand the other person's needs, to understand their perspective, and to work together as a team to have both needs met, yours and your children's, as opposed to constantly disregarding them, dismissing them, invalidating them. I mean, it's it's an inevitable roller coaster of emotional ups and downs as well as constant pushback. And, and then your children eventually learn to use the same manipulative tactics that you've used on them on you. Conscious, respectful parenting asks us to just simply move out of that system, to get away from operating in this control dynamic and move into relationship. And for those of you listening that are struggling with, you know, the fear-based conditioning that your children are going to walk all over you, they're going to be crazy, they're not going to have manners, they're going to treat people like garbage, you know, they're going to not have any sort of sense, they're going to be reckless or risky, take a deep breath for a second and consider the best aspect of respectful parenting. And that is that the only influence you have over any person is your relationship. If what you want is control, you're losing it by operating in that way. You lose all influence over any person by trying to control them to own them because no person can be controlled or owned, whether we like it or not. They can be maybe for a short period of time, but they're going to resent you. They're not going to actually want, crave, and admire your insight. They're not going to ask you for your advice. You know, they're, they're not going to come to you as their landing pad when they do inevitably make mistakes or have a hard experience. If that's what you want with your children, then you just simply can't operate there. And the, the good and bad news about this is that if you are somebody that has a really hard time taking this information and implementing it into your life, making it a practice, wanting to, and honestly seeing it as commonsensical, there's a very good chance that you are operating in the system of fear, in the system of control, and it's probably got a lot to do with your own personal conditioning from your own childhood and adolescent experience, which is uncomfortable to face, but it's also imperative in terms of actually making this a practice to, again, create that long-term relationship that's going to basically make you the rock in your child's life, to make you guys closer than close, to have an incredible relationship, and to have the kind of influence that you are hoping to have on them. That also goes for anybody listening that is like totally on board. That's totally like, yes, that is what I want. And I do see this as commonsensical. I think this approach is amazing. I would like to have that mindset all together. Or you might be like, yeah, this just comes naturally to me. Like I'm very respectful or like I'm totally considerate of my young children's perspective and I'm, you know, whatever. You you might feel like I, I don't really need to reflect on this anymore. But again, if you start to notice being easily triggered by certain things or certain behaviors or taking things personally, sort of getting into that egoic state where we're, again, triggered and feeling defensive toward our young children or the young people in our lives, it's a very important thing if, again, you want to practice this parenting style to first reflect on the deep-rooted insecurities that cause those feelings of of fear and, and reactivity. 
if you want to do that, I highly, highly recommend taking this outlook and applying it to your younger self and asking questions like, what was the relationship dynamic like with my parents? What's it like today? What was it like when I was five or 10? How about 15 and 20? And really assess, again, the relationship dynamic, but also your own personal self-esteem in each of those times. With that awareness and that information, getting those little bits of insight piece by piece, it's a practice daily, we can move into the space of calling ourselves conscious parents. That's where this conscious piece comes in, at least, again, from my perspective, because we're creating awareness around what we think why we've been conditioned to think that way, where our thoughts are coming from, and it's oftentimes from our parents, things that they've said to us or conditioned us to believe, our environment, right? Our feelings. Why do we feel what we feel? Especially in the case of dealing with our children, this is incredibly helpful and imperative. When our children are doing something that's going to result in us feeling bothered, defensive, upset, we can very easily trace it back to potentially our parents feeling the exact same way toward us, but demonstrating punitive measures or just simply withdrawing their love from us in those times. And now we, again, are kind of passing that down to our own children. So awareness around what we feel and why we feel it for real, not just surface level feelings, but understanding the root cause of the emotion that we're experiencing. And then, of course, as a result of those thoughts and feelings, what we do and why we do it. In this case, what we do in relation to our children, how we respond to them, how we relate to them, how we interact with them on a day-to-day basis. And again, applying that to ourselves as well. What do our habits look like? What do our days look like and how do they feel for us? Why do we do what we do? Think and feel how we think and feel. This is what conscious, respectful parenting is. This is also what conscious, respectful reparenting is. And moving forward, I'll use this podcast to present different specific examples and putting respectful parenting into context for you so that practicing it becomes easier, more simplified, and applicable. But for now, that's a wrap on today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was insightful and helpful for you. If it was, share it with somebody else that you think would find the same value in it. And if you're wanting to move forward with this parenting style, but you want a little more guidance, you want a little more clarity, check out my course at www.themellowmama.org. It really dives into the reparenting process and I truly find it to be a valuable, helpful resource. Also, there's a lot of great other stuff on my website, like ways to plan and prepare your week and your month as a mom or as a person in general. Also, I've got some really great free activity eBooks as well as my paid for ebook that has a lot of great activities to do with your children at home or in the backyard which is really really good now that it's summertime and we've got a hardcover version of that book coming very shortly but anyway i hope you guys enjoyed this thank you so much for listening check me out on instagram at the mellow mama as well as on tiktok and of course on youtube the mellow mama over there as well thanks again and i will talk to you next week